We've got both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. Coming up, Ashley Simpson right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpsons sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hello, and welcome to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Jolie. And I'm your host, Leah. We are so excited. Again. <laughs> we say that <laughs> All every the time. Week. <laughs> yeah. But this week we're doing Jessica Cook's Dinner. Yes, it's the last episode of season one. So this is odd to me that it's like we finished season one already, considering we did the Valentine's Day episode, Jessica's first album, the Christmas episode. It's, I don't know, I feel like we've gone through it so quick. I know. It's going by fast. Yeah. And it's a milestone, you know, because I feel like season two is really like once they were super famous, it's different, you know. So I'm excited to wrap this up and talk about culinary icon Jessica Simpson <laughs> making a delicious and well-balanced meal for some guy. Right. But her first, roommate. Her roommate. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first, we're going to get into some current Ashley and Jessica news, which There's not really anything major, but since we last recorded, there was that weird issue with tuna at Subway, and (laughs) Jessica took the opportunity to make fun of herself a little, which is why we love her. She quote tweeted it on Twitter and posted, don't feel bad, Subway, it is confusing. Right, because the reports are saying that Subway tuna doesn't have that much tuna in it. I mean... Who's surprised? Right. That's like, I think there was a rumor in the, I think around like the time that we're talking about in this episode, like 2003, that uh, Taco Bell meat was like kangaroo meat or something like a wild like that. I mean, that wasn't proven, but like, it's just No, weird. but I still don't patronize Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to like an actual Mexican restaurant. No shade. Another random piece of news is that Amrata was talking about Jessica. Did you see this? No. She got upset about something that was written in 2009 when Jessica was just so incredibly fat on stage in her mom jeans that no one could believe how fat she was. That's sarcasm if anyone didn't pick up on that. It said she slammed the author of the 2009 article about Jessica Simpson, which joked about her being too fat amid backlash over slut-shaming Britney Spears 18 years ago. She demanded that the writer Rich Cohen explain himself over the article he wrote in 2009 that Simpson's weight gilded every question in my mind. So apparently he also wrote something really rude about Britney Spears and was just part of the firestorm of people that picked apart every beautiful, young, talented woman. For no reason. Yeah. It's good that she said by name whose article she was referring to because it's not for anything. It was just completely unwarranted and kind of unprofessional. Not really sure. I mean, I understand they see celebrities as just kind of 
open game that's not okay so yeah. i'm glad she was like hey if you're still working or even if you're not why mm-hmm. i respect her for saying something because i don't think she really had anything to do with it it's not like he also attacked her or something yeah it was just a random thing and i think that's what you should use your fame for to call out people if they do something wrong so right because asking someone to hold themselves responsible is not cancel culture there's a big difference between the two yeah so thank you emily for that <laughs> And then with Ashley, there wasn't really news, but I wanted to just do a correction. I already said this on our Instagram, but last episode we said that Pete Wentz wrote Little Miss Obsessive and some other parts of Bittersweet World. I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly what we said. But Andy, thank you for pointing out that that actually is false. Pete Wentz did not write or produce any of Ashley's songs, and that was a very clear decision that she made. She even told MTV News back then that she wasn't going to do any marriage anthems or something like that I think she wanted to keep it really separate and Jolie you had just said like maybe that was because she didn't want to be too much like Jessica and Nick yeah I think it makes sense yeah and then that's around the time she was I don't know if she had gotten pregnant yet but people are like asking her quite a bit that at that time like oh like are you pregnant are you pregnant she's like I'm giving birth to my album but (laughs) oh yeah she did say that I remember yeah I'm glad she changed her mind and now she works with Evan it's awesome I do think it's kind of a missed opportunity that she didn't want to that she didn't make any songs with Pete because I think they could have made beautiful music together my emo (laughs) heart would have been so happy yeah, but that was her choice, and we respect a woman's choice yes. here at the Ashley and Jessica cast. <laughs> yeah, nothing else really going on with her, but she did post a really cute video of Ziggy, and he's like the most beautiful baby. He is. He looks like uh, Jagger's twin. Like, she had the same baby mm-hmm. twice, essentially. He, Yeah, he really is just like a mini Evan. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know, did you see anything other news about no, them? No, not about that. It's definitely a snow... A snow. Well, there is so much snow on the ground right now, you guys. Oh my goodness, and we're getting more. <laughs> we're getting more. I just can't. It's so hard to get around with these mountains of snow all around us. If you're from the tri-state area, or probably anywhere on like the East northeast. Coast, yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I can't even say words correctly. It was a slow news week, but it also was a snow news week. Yeah, we have <laughs> at least two feet. Some uh, places, like by me, it's definitely two feet. And like I said, we're supposed to get more and I just want to cry. Yeah, but it's like it's higher than two feet now because they had to plow and like pot and shovel and pile it on. So there's mountains of snow all over my neighborhood and the streets are already like when people are parked on either side, like it's already hard to get around. And now with the mountains of snow, it's like stressful, but... Time to buy a summer house. <laughs> oh, for real? <laughs> Jessica, can I come over? <laughs> so for our next segment, we're going to get into some 2003 news. And this is our last episode of 2003. Newlywed Season 2 premiered in January 2004. Oh, wow. So this episode actually aired the same night as the last one. Oh, so okay. it was the same week. So I thought instead of news from that week... What I did was I rounded up the top music and movies of the year. So I have some lists up in here. (laughs) Do you have any idea what the highest selling album of the year was? I didn't realize this. I want to try and guess something, but like Bad Boys was the number one album for a while. So I can't say anything too confidently. I think that was the number one soundtrack, but the number one album of the year was 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Tryin' with 6.5 million copies. Oh, wow. 
And then the top single of the year was In the Club. So, I mean, I'm sure everyone remembers how big that song was. When yeah, it came we have the Dark Sheeta commercial with that playing in the background. Yeah, and Jessica was singing it in the limo. Yeah. On, on her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I think every actor or musician wants an iconic line, you know, is this chicken what I have or is this fish? It's Britney, bitch, like something like that. And his is definitely like, go shoddy. It's, <laughs> it's your birthday. birthday. I mean, like, no one, everyone knows what that is, you know? <laughs> number two was R. Kelly. Uh, number three was Get Busy by Sean Paul. Honestly, it's a banger, that song. Still. That yeah. That whole album is timeless. Mm-hmm. I still listen to it on loop because it just, it just makes you happy. Like, I just want to get up and dance. Like, definitely. You if, can't not. If Sean Paul comes on at a party, I'm up. <laughs> Number four was Crazy in Love, first single of Beyonce, featuring, of course, Jay-Z. Five was When I'm Gone by Three Doors Down. Oh. I remember that, but I can't think of the lyrics right now. I'm sure people listening to this in their car are, like, screaming the lyrics right now. Yeah. Me, but I can't remember. I mean, I remember thinking they were fine. Didn't they do that song Superman? Yeah. With, who did they do that with? It was for... No, I think that's... It, it was just them. It was for a movie, right? Was it for Spider-Man 2 or something? I don't know. I liked that song. The highest grossing tour of 2003, completely different direction, was Mr. Bruce Springsteen, Jersey Represent, (laughs) 115 million. And by the way, I just want to say, leave him alone. He got busted with a DWI and the New York Post had a very rude headline and I was just like, I thought we were all apologizing to Britney and... (laughs) acknowledging that when someone gets into trouble or has a rough time we shouldn't attack them and kick them when they're down but apparently the new york post or no is it the daily news or the post i can't remember but they need to get right and they need to go to church or therapy or something right aa like i don't think he needs to go i think they need to go because they need to get their minds right and bruce we're praying for you we hope you're okay and that if you need help you get it we're not going to contribute to the BS out there. No. The highest grossing movie of the year, a movie I still have not seen, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. I remember watching that. I was young and I fell asleep. Oh. That has nothing to do with the cinematography, the acting, anything like that. It was just, I mean, I know some of the plot points and I know the books are great, but I just can't commit myself to sitting down and watching that for three hours. I agree. I, I just am not interested, which is weird because... It did win the Best Picture Oscar, and it won a ton of Oscars, but I don't know. There's something about it that I, that doesn't hook me, but maybe I'll probably watch them someday because I do have a lot of friends that are like, oh, you don't know what you're missing and all that, but Lord of the Rings fans, we see you. You're out there, but we, you know what? We have to watch Newlyweds, so we like don't have time. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is Finding Nemo. Ooh. I remember watching Finding Nemo on a bootleg DVD. Like one from Canal Street or something. That's awesome. It was a good bootleg. It was uh, like in between it being in theaters and DVD because that used to be like six months. That used to be a long time. Yeah. Number three is The Matrix Reloaded. Ooh. Are you a Matrix fan? Yeah, I love sci-fi. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I tried to watch The Matrix for the first time during quarantine, and I was really into it for like the first, I don't know, 45 minutes, and then I just, I just like got really tired and I was like, oh, I'll watch the rest tomorrow. And I, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a cool concept. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves too. Yeah, it's, it's such a great film. It's um, because it, I'm pretty sure it's the Japanese version. It, it goes into a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. But 
definitely that is worth a watch mm-hmm. and how do you feel about the matrix reloaded sequel i'm sorry i don't think most sequels follow up to the originals so it's just like i know they were trying to continue the story but i just feel like it kind of got a little dry mm-hmm. but okay number four was pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl to me the only watchable film in that entire series <laughs> okay like and i i loved the first one but I think I gave up watching them at the third one. Yeah, after that, like I said, it's just kind of... Horrible. Yeah. Really bad. Like, they weren't even trying. Because it's, granted, all of them are same story, different adventures, but I just feel like it was just dragging at that point. Like, how many sequels of this can we really watch? Yeah, and I love the ride. So I was really excited when the first one came out. And I love that they added Jack Sparrow to the Disney World and Disneyland. I think it's... I like I love that update I think it's cool to see the modern version and then the old school Walt version and everything but the movie the rest of the movies to me just over it yeah number five was Bruce Almighty Ooh, it's really funny I think my favorite thing is like when he's staring at the moon and he like lassos it closer and it gets so much bigger yeah I just love Jim Carrey and that was a really big moment for him because his career hadn't been as huge as it was in the 90s you know, he had that movie like Me, Myself, and Irene, and that wasn't as big of a hit as his other ones had been. And you know how Hollywood is. I'm sure it still made a lot of money, but because it wasn't the mask, people were like, oh my god, what's happening? Is he over? And he clearly wasn't. <laughs> and this was also when Jennifer Aniston was just huge because it was toward the end of Friends and she was just everywhere and she was still with Brad and like it was such a thing that she was in this movie. And I thought she did a really good job. Because people always accuse her of, just being Rachel and that's really not true she does a lot of different roles I mean this character wasn't super remarkable or different than Rachel or anything but I love the scene at the end I mean it's like more out of a drama where she's devastated and she's I think she's like praying and she's crying her eyes out and she's saying like please just let me forget him like I just want to move on like please help me forget him and I'm just like sitting there crying and I'm like wait I was laughing at Morgan Freeman 30 (laughs) seconds ago and I did not ask for this okay (laughs) But yeah, it's just I think that makes it a more well-rounded yeah movie. It's it's a good one. Cause that that's also I'm pretty sure that was the movie that people were calling the phone number on the beeper, and it was someone's real phone number. It wasn't like the regular Hollywood five 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 phone number. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the top-rated TV shows of 2003: number one, CSI. Ooh. I'm more of a law and, law and order. I was just going to say, like, I was a hardcore CSI fan until I started watching Law and Order. And then For I was real. Like, Fuck CSI. <laughs> Did you know that Stabler's coming back? I didn't know that. I'm going to pass out. I'm so excited. Please don't. <laughs> I had the biggest crush on him. Oh, my God. And then number two and three was actually the same show, but because it was on two nights, it had two spots, and that was American Idol. Oh, wow. This was only the second season of American Idol. So we've talked about before on this podcast, Clay and Ruben, but I was more upset. Like season one, I was definitely obsessed and I was watching every week and I was like in love with Kelly. Do you remember that girl, Ryan Starr? Yeah. She was, she like made her outfits. I loved her. Yeah. She was so cool. Like her hair was so nice. Like I just remember watching her and being like, whoa. Like she had her own thing going on. Yeah. She was trying to like fit the cookie cutter mold, but I like... And it's something I still love now is, like, girls who have, like, masculine – and I say that with her quote names. Mm-hmm. Like, when I, I used to work at a preschool, and there was uh, twins, and their names were Logan and Dakota. And they were, like, so girly, so feminine, but I just thought it was so cute. I love that. It's like Maxwell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I um, heard an interview with her like a few years ago where I don't think she's done that well in um, music. And she said that it was really like a traumatic experience for her because they didn't realize how much American Idol was going to blow up. And even though she came in like eighth place or something, she was still a household name because at the time it was just such a sensation. And so she gets kicked off and she just goes home and like, you don't have security. You don't have a team around you. You don't have any help. You're just off the show and she said that like it was just really it ended up being a more negative thing and then positive like it didn't get her the kind of connections I guess that she wanted and then do you remember she was on The Surreal Life? No actually. It was iconic. It was like her Flavor Flav Dave Coulier from Full House. Was that the same (laughs) I might be wrong was that the same season with Adrian Curry? No. Okay. That was Adrian, Christopher Knight, Mini Me, Vern Troyer, right? Um, China Doll was on that one, and I can't remember who else was on the season with Ryan. Oh, Jordan Knight from New Kids on the Block, love him. Do you remember? I guess you didn't see the season, but they ended up doing. They had like a challenge or something, and it was to make create a song. <laughs> and of course, like Flava Flav and Ryan are like, oh great, like we're musicians. Oh, and, and Jordan, they're like, we got this, but. Dave Coulier like whistled on it or something (laughs) and then Brigitte Nielsen was there of course one half of the iconic uh strange love show with Flava Flav um she just kind of like whispered at the beginning of it or something and then um Ryan threw a fit if anyone remembers this out there I'm sure you're screaming internally (laughs) she said that she didn't want to be put into a pop star mold and she wanted to be like a rock star and that the song that they were making was just very basic and very pop and she was like I can't do this this isn't my style like this isn't this isn't what I want to do and she like started crying and like freaking out and they were like this is just some dumb song from this real life this isn't your album (laughs) you know what I mean like like dial it back But she probably was just, like, traumatized from the weird situation she was in. Yeah, because it's just, like, after American Idol, it was just kind of things weren't where, from what you were saying, like, Mm -hmm. where she expected them to go, and she didn't want that to be what follows her for the rest of her career. Yeah, I think most people from American Idol, most of them, there's maybe five people that the first thing I think of when I think of them isn't American Idol. Kelly, Jennifer Hudson, my Mm -hmm. personal fave, Adam Lambert, um, Carrie Underwood. yeah. I can't think of anyone else from the show that I would I would not immediately have a picture of them on the American Idol stage with the mic. You know, <laughs> I really can't, which is kind of sucks. But do you have a favorite idol from any season? My favorite winner is definitely Kelly. Of course. Because uh, it just, I feel it just resonates the most with her. Like she's just so authentically herself. And that's something I really love. My favorite contestant, I'm not sure what season it was, but Tamara Gray. <gasps> that was, was season one. Oh, that was season one. Okay. Because she played Mimi and Ren and like mm-hmm. I saw her on Broadway and I was just like amazed. Like she I saw her a couple times because um at the time we kept meeting my older sister in the city. I don't even remember for what. And she's like, Oh, Rent has standing room ticket. Let's go see Rent. So I saw her and then the other girl who played Mimi who I just love is Antonique Smith. She wasn't on American Idol or she auditioned and didn't make it. Her name sounds familiar. She was in, um, she was Faith Evans in the Biggie movie. Oh, okay. Um, but Got just it. the two of them, like every time I saw them, they just hit the mark. They were just what I wanted to see when you go and see a Broadway show. Like they were just so in character, like cried every performance. Like I just wanted to give them a hug, but yeah. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. 
<laughs> I miss that spontaneity of that was one of the things the best thing about living here is I could wake up in the morning and not know I was going to see a Broadway show that night and yeah. somehow through the course of the day it ended up happening and it's not like that anymore folks no. <laughs> but it will be I swear when Broadway comes back I'm going to be broke ass bitch <laughs> send donations I'm going to need GoFundMe help everything um, because I'm just going to be there all the time I, I miss it so much yeah, because I don't know if they're going to bring back the raffles because that's what we'd do. We'd initial, initially try for the raffle where you'd get like the tickets for like 20 bucks. And then if it, we didn't win, we'd do the standing room. Yeah, that's the thing is spontaneity is really... You can't do that with COVID. It's definitely a casualty of this time. You yeah. know, I miss just like... Because I would always have auditions and sometimes you don't know how long they're going to take. Sometimes it's 20 minutes. Sometimes they're like, oh, can you stay? And you end up being there for a while. Or can you leave and come back later at five o'clock? And then it's like, oh, I have three hours in Manhattan. And I, you know, what do I do? And I miss just wandering around and like discovering things and meeting people and just having a random conversation with a really cool like musician on the street or something. And now it's like, it's just, you can't even do that. It's just hard right now, you know? And they're just like deciding last minute to go somewhere or whatever and not having to look up like all of the rules and yeah or just like waiting online for a couple hours and someone's like oh who are you waiting to see and it's like oh this person you have a conversation about them or like you meet someone else in line who's maybe by themselves and like you just become friends with them after that yeah at the beginning of the pandemic I saw a really profound tweet (laughs) that said it was from a New Yorker and she said I don't think that I should have to pay these prices if New York isn't included with my apartment anymore. (laughs) And I was like, that makes so much sense because that's why people live, you know, in a tiny studio for $2,000 a month is because it's New York. (laughs) You know, it's the greatest place in the world. It's, you know, where you need to be if you want to do certain things. And it's not comparable to anything else. And you don't pay for your apartment. You know what I mean? You pay for it to live there. So, I mean, I really feel for... I feel for everyone out there right now, but I agree that I love Kelly. And did you see her interview with Jessica, actually? Because you know how Kelly has her talk show now? Yeah. So she actually said that, like, her and Jessica were talking about how sometimes at the height of your fame, everyone thinks you're doing so well, and Jessica was having issues with alcohol, and they were asking her to write a book about lifestyle and all that stuff, and she was like, I can barely keep my eyes open at my own daughter's show you know and things like that and Kelly was like oh it's the same thing for me she's like when I became famous I was the most miserable when I was the most famous and successful and she's like I would think to myself you know I was a really good waitress in Texas that was okay you know and that's so important for people to hear because I mean I'm more mature now but I grew up just like being obsessed with show business and just thinking if I became famous, like I would just be so happy and that would mean my life meant something and I made a mark on the world and people would remember me and I would be so happy because like I would have so much work to do that I loved and I wouldn't be like stuck in an office and things like that. And no offense to anyone who works in an office, we need you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) But um, for me, not just an office, I couldn't go to the same place every single day to work because I'm, you know, I need like different things happening all the time. But I just thought that was a really good message for her to put out there. Yeah. But I just want to make one more note about American Idol. (laughs) And that is that I cannot believe, I mean, I can believe it because he's so talented, but I cannot believe how amazing it is that Adam Lambert sang a Queen song at his American Idol audition and he's now the front man of Queen. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Oh my God. He's the Freddie Mercury now. You know, like Brian May still performs. I don't, um... I don't know who else from the original band is still in it it might be all of them 
except Freddie. I don't, I can't remember, but, um. R.I.P. Oh, yes. There never will be another, but Adam is in the league, I would say. <laughs> his his voice is phenomenal, obviously. Queen yeah. picked him to, to be the front man, and I just think, like, what an ama- amazing, magical thing, like, to believe in yourself and to confidently sing Bohemian Rhapsody, which is, like, this song I would never pick because it's so overplayed and people have heard it so many times. And why would you try to sing a Freddie Mercury vocal? And and he w- did it. He's now the front man of Queen. I just, I'm so happy for him because I love him and he's just such a phenomenal artist and I love his albums and he's definitely my favorite idol. <laughs> love that he manifested that for himself. Oh my God. <laughs> That's one of the best manifestations I've ever heard of. Yeah. Okay, so number four was friends and i was actually surprised that friends was number four i would have thought that that was higher because it was so huge at the time i recently listened to rob lowe's podcast his interview with lisa kudrow who's one of my favorite humans ever (laughs) and she just kept laughing because he wouldn't stop flattering her and he kept saying like what does it feel like to be a member of the beatles and i was like that is such a good way to put it because like when it comes to tv they are the beatles the six friends i would say like seinfeld oprah you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like staples. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I'm still obsessed with Friends. I've seen every episode like 20 times. And I think it, I, like, I hate when people call me basic for that. The show is actually so not basic. There's so many runners that like you have to know the characters really well to get. And they don't pound it into your head. It's just kind of a passing thing. There's so many non sequiturs. There's so many interesting storylines. There's so many profound storylines. Like the one that they do where three of them make more money and three of them are broke. And so they kind of address how that's an issue when you're friends with someone who has a lot less money than you or a lot more money than you and things like that and I love I know there's issues with Ross but I love all the love stories and like I'm one of those people that will just like endlessly defend friends when people are like (laughs) oh it's overrated and it sucks I'm like okay I'm sorry you didn't make a million dollars per week yeah but it's a great show yeah, that's it's not in my top five of favorite TV shows, but like you can't dispute with how many seasons it had and how upset everyone was mm-hmm. when it was ending. You can't argue with that. Yeah, and most of them actually re- express regret that they ended it. They said at the time they, you know, they felt like Jennifer Aniston said, I really thought we could have done one more season. And Matthew Perry was asked if he missed it, and he was like, do I miss the show that I had so much fun doing every week with my real friends that paid me a million dollars a week? No. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? He was like, yes, obviously. It makes me laugh so much and it makes me so happy. I think probably because I grew up with it. So it's not just that I watched it when I was like 20 or something. Like I have memories of watching it as a little girl and I think it helped shape me as a comedian. Now I'm a professional comedian, or at least I was before the pandemic. So it really has had an impact on me. And I actually, that's my go-to show if I'm upset about something. Like mm-hmm. I've literally turned friends on while I was crying Aww. and it always makes me feel better. It always makes me laugh. I've seen every episode, I don't even know how many times. I've seen every episode probably between 10 and 20 times. Oh wow. I just watch it on loop throughout my entire life. Um, <laughs> and it just always makes me feel better. And I think that because we were just talking with my mom about casting (laughs) the six of them together, the way that that worked. I mean, even if you don't like the show, but like 
the six of them, you would think that they were really friends. And and I know they became friends, but I mean, when it started, right. you know, I think that's why it was so big because the chemistry was just unbelievable. The six of them doing all those jokes one after the other, the rhythm of it was always perfect. They just were so in their characters. They each knew when to let the other person shine. It was just a perfect lightning in a bottle thing that happens one in a billion and then number five we have (laughs) trash that i will not be discussing which is the apprentice ew anyway the other thing that i wanted to talk about that happened in 2003 is deep sigh nick lachey was on howard stern oh boy did you watch this no i mean i wouldn't say you have to I wouldn't say it's a must-see. I watch it so you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I think I watched it like two months ago. And, mm-hmm. and it definitely wasn't the full interview. It was maybe like five minutes. And I was just like, wow, I want to shut this off. <laughs> well, it was only a 20-minute interview anyway. Got it. But, well, for the record, I want to say I love Howard Stern now. I'm a big fan of his. And I listen to his show regularly. If you don't know much about him... What I think is important to note with this is that he has explained himself for how he acted in the past. Obviously, he did a lot of super um, misogynistic things. He had a lot of naked women on his show and they would play like stupid games. And I don't want to say they weren't treated well. They wanted to be there and everything. But you know what I mean. He said a lot of misogynist things. He was very vulgar, all that kind of stuff. And he ended up going to therapy and over a period of years he was able to get to know himself and that's when his show started getting in my opinion better I think most people would agree because he then started treating people like human beings right. <laughs> and he said that the reason why he wanted to be so shocking is because he was obsessed with the ratings and he said that at some one point his show was being listened to by one out of every three cars in oh, wow in the tri-state area and instead of saying oh wow I, I've done it you know I'm successful he was like What are the other two cars listening to? Why aren't they listening to me? I have to make sure that if they turn it on, they keep it on. And so every 15 minutes, the ratings refresh. And so every 15 minutes, you know, he didn't want them to turn the dial. So he would be like, well, last night I tried to have anal again with my wife and blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, because you hear that. And even if you don't even like him or whatever, you're like, what? Yeah. And and you leave it on and then it takes another 15 minutes to refresh. So you started to see his interviews get a lot better about 10 or so years ago. You know, he would ask so many celebrities just really vulgar questions. And as a result, a lot of A-listers wouldn't go on there. It was something that was more for people that were just more open, more laid back, they were not guarded. I mean, Howard in the past few years has interviewed Hillary Clinton and Madonna. Like those kind of people would never ever go on Howard Stern because why would you go on a show where you're going to be asked, you know, if you enjoy anal when you are this extremely talented, respected person. You don't need to get that kind of promotion but Howard's audience is so wide and is mainly older straight men and someone like Lady Gaga going on that show it makes a very big difference in her career because these people that are like oh she's weird I don't like her her music sucks she performs on Howard Stern suddenly they're all obsessed with her and they're like wow she's truly talented and not only is she talented she's intelligent exactly because you get to sit down for an hour or so I mean sometimes the interviews are even like 90 minutes long and you get to actually talk and your interview isn't all cut up and you do have the best 
interviewer I think of all time interviewing you I really believe that I mean you know Barbara Walters yes a contender Oprah contender but I do think he's the best because he really knows how to ask the questions that are natural in the conversation whereas before it was unnatural it was like yeah it was just shock value <laughs> yeah it was like why are you asking me if I've had an orgy um you know like we I just we're talking about the weather and you could see how slowly the interviews changed at first it was like they were a little bit more thoughtful. And then it got to the point where he goes so deep with people like Stephen Colbert. Yeah. Lost his mother or his brother and his father at the same moment in a plane crash. Oh my goodness. And Howard said to him, do you think that you became a comedian because when you were a little boy, you had to try to make your mother laugh and try to make her happy because oh. she was so miserable. And... Stephen was like, uh, yeah, like, how how did you figure that out? Like, what, right. you know, he was like, stunned and Howard was like, well, my mom was really depressed when I was growing up, so I would just do anything to make her laugh. I would act crazy. I would, yeah. you know, try to come up with good jokes. I just wanted her to be happy and so I think that's like part of why I'm funny now. Like, he learns things like this in therapy and now he's completely different. He has all these regrets. He's mentioned specific interviews where, you know, when he interviewed Robin Williams, there was like a rumor that he had slept with the nanny or something and he, you know, as soon as he walked in he was like hey you know how was that nanny or something like that and right. this is Robin Williams you know the fact he was even on that he agreed to even be on the show it was huge and he's like I really regret that I always thought I would have a chance to make it up to him and, and give him a good interview and let him talk about his life and have him be viewed the way he wanted to be viewed and he's like why did I have to attack him as soon as he you know like why yeah. and that was something from his personal life that was a sore subject and you know it's just not the way to do it so anyway all of that said this was 2003 this was different Nick should have known better he should not have gone on this show and it really pisses me off that he did this because you knew that Howard was only gonna ask about Jessica that's what I mean though when I said like I was like I can't watch it, it yeah because at that time Howard had that reputation Nick knew that going in it wasn't a surprise and then it was like in the video you kind of see like Nick he answers but he also like fidgets and you can see he's uncomfortable it's like but what did you expect yes I, I thought he handled it relatively well right like, the fact that he shouldn't have been there at all is a big deal to me but Howard definitely baited him several times to get dirtier with the conversation or to admit that he's with Jessica because she's hot and he definitely you know he kept insisting like it was worth it to wait until we got married because now you know we get to do it all the time or whatever he right. said but this was the first week of November in 2003 so the season was over he was actually promoting his album soul O. soul O. um <laughs> <laughs> Howard opens by saying he's married to the hottest chick ever he barely even says hi he's just like Jessica is so hot you know okay so he starts by saying oh you're married to the hottest chick ever but she's super dumb and then he says you know I honestly didn't know who you were like I didn't know about 98 degrees right <laughs> like he's just blatantly like who like why did Jessica marry you right <laughs> out of everybody else in the world but that's one thing I appreciate like he's honest mm -hmm. so Howard says Jessica is literally one of the most beautiful women ever top five women in history or whatever and Nick is like yes <laughs> I we agree, agree. yeah <laughs> she couldn't have been happy about this Jessica is so 
not like this. In her own book, she didn't even write about the wedding night. She didn't even explain no. anything. You know what I mean? And that was something people have wanted to know about forever. In fact, Howard asks about it in this interview. And Howard keeps pushing. And I mean, I'm not going to say details out of respect for Jessica because I don't need this to be any more publicized than it is. But, you know, Howard kept pushing and asking, did you really not have sex before? You know, are you sure she didn't have sex with somebody else before? How were you able to wait when you broke up for a few months? Did you have sex with anyone else? And just sex, 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 sex. And what did you guys do before? So like, did you guys do other things? And he's, he keeps it very, he's just like, we had fun, you know, whatever. But to his credit, he does keep insisting. I just respected her. And it was such a strong belief and everything. And one thing I thought he said that was actually interesting and kind of shed some light on their relationship was he said that it wasn't really hard to settle down into dating her even with no sex because one thing Howard's like obsessed with is he was the same way when Hanson was on because they've all been married forever and they don't cheat and all that kind of stuff and they really don't like I've been around them when girls are around and they really don't not that I know their whole lives blah 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 whatever but you know what I mean like he was asking them and the same way he was asking Nick why would you be with this girl when you're in a band like you could be banging chicks every night why wouldn't you take advantage of this you're young get married later and things like that he said that when you're in a boy band and you're traveling the world you start to question if you can find someone who Mm. loves you for you and why are people hanging around and if you find a real person who's into you for the right reasons it's not hard to swear off other women yeah in this situation swear off sex completely for a few years and he said that when he met her he was blown away by her and Howard was like yeah she's hot (laughs) we know he's like yes she's hot but he said that she also had a wonderful personality and that she would be a great mom someday he said that she he said he thinks she has to grow up a little bit first but that he's like of course I think that she would be a great mom Nick said that he was scared of disappointing her on the wedding night oh boy and that he set up rose petals champagne strawberries and he wanted it to be the most magical situation possible because she waited so long and he did admit that he was thinking about it the entire wedding and you know what I mean and you know, not giving too many details, but he said that the whole thing went well and that Jessica wasn't disappointed at all. I do think that's interesting because that does happen to people sometimes that wait for marriage. They are just aren't sexually compatible. And Howard was basically saying that. He's like, what if it just didn't yeah. really work? And Nick was like, okay, well, no worries. Like, it, we didn't have it, that it worked out, but that is a kind of a good point. Nick says that, of course, he wanted to marry her anyway. Like, he didn't marry her quickly or anything because of sex. He said that he never pressured her because he didn't want her to look back and resent him. Yeah. You know, so even if there was a moment where they were like, oh, we're going to get married anyway, like, let's do it or whatever he didn't want her to look back and have regrets I thought that was kind of gentlemanly for him to be like no I I want to really do this and I respect what your beliefs are and I can wait yeah. you know Howard mentioned solo for literally one second <laughs> and says your new single is this I swear I love how they just abandoned <laughs> shut up <laughs> then you better no one was listening to that no Nick is like yeah you know it's actually the theme song of our show and then Howard goes right back into all the other things and completely ignoring that he's an artist <laughs> now when he does his interviews you really get in depth on people's albums and their movies and their 
process and he asks really specific questions especially if he's super into the artist he actually got me into Billie Eilish and he got me into Miley Cyrus who I never listened to her music really um since Hannah Montana but I love her new album and stuff and I'm sure like it sucks for Nick and people that were on before when they're just being asked you know how many threesomes have you had right he tries to downplay everything romantic and make everything about sex and Nick stands his ground I appreciated that even though it shouldn't even have happened Robin who I normally love was so rude but she blatantly was like you don't think this marriage is gonna last do you like very rudely and he was like absolutely I do like I married her Hadward says like oh they're only together for like two three years or something like that yes I actually wrote that down Howard said in three years Nick is going to file for divorce and it was actually two and Jessica (laughs) filed but yeah I mean I don't think for a second that when Nick married her, he had doubts or that he was marrying her for any other reason other than he thought they would be together forever. Yeah. So I'm just so happy because I don't listen to those old Howard clips. Like, I honestly don't listen to Howard clips before, like, 2006 or something like that. Because a lot of people don't know that. They don't know how he's changed and, like, they just steer clear of him because of what happened in the past and everything. And when I tell people that, sometimes they're really surprised And I tell them not because I am so in love with Howard and I want to defend him, but because I learn so much. Like I said, I get into artists from his show. Like I learn so much about artistic process of making music and film and what it's really like to be famous or rich or married to this person or whatever. And it's really fascinating. So listening to this made me sad because sometimes I forget how bad he really was. And this wasn't even that. This was still kind of tame because... Nick doesn't have any scandalous shit to come back with. Right. So (laughs) it could have gone a lot worse. But yeah, it's just unfortunate. And it's on YouTube in full if you want to listen to it. Yeah, this definitely shows Howard's growth as a person even. Because like he still does things that are kind of, I don't want to say scandalous, but I think it was anywhere from six months to a year ago. He had a segment and my dad was listening to it in the car. And it was like, is this gay porn or wrestling? And it was just like sound clips. (laughs) So he does do things like in that realm. But he is a really thoughtful interviewer. And like he has his follow up questions. It's not just, okay, we covered this hot question and covered that topic. Let's talk about something completely different now yeah I'm not saying he's an angel now or anything like that but it's definitely completely different it's so crazy and the funny thing is a lot of people that were super fans back in the day they actually call him like a pussy now because (laughs) he talks so much about Beth his wife and he actually at the beginning of the pandemic he wrote her a song that was half a love song and half like a comedy song it was like Beth is the greatest wife she loves Lysol wipes like things like (laughs) that you know because he was so appreciative that she was keeping the house so clean and like taking care of everything and making sure that their groceries were not infected and all that kind of stuff and he was like I don't know what I would do without her and I got the song stuck in my head like it was a good song and it was really sweet and a lot of his fans I saw they were like you know old Howard would never do this and this show has completely been ruined and whatever because he's praising his wife instead of having a porn star on and saying can you take your top off it's like please grow up he did and and I think he couldn't not that he wouldn't have survived he was so big that he still would have some kind of deal or whatever but you couldn't have done that forever you had to evolve at some point it just gets stale yeah and the thing is he's 60 years old and he's having 18 year 
girl Billie Eilish on and he's able to talk to her as if she's like a peer and really connect with her to the point where I had heard about her but I was just kind of like whatever I listen to so much older music and I'm not usually that current with the top 40 or anything like that and I mean after it was like two hours because she did performances too I was like I love her (laughs) I'm going to her concert it's an interesting story it's just fun I think now like that I'm getting older it's so much fun to follow people through their whole careers I was thinking about how Madonna I was just kind of born with because she was famous for so many years before but I remember every moment of Britney like I remember every release of everything and every tour and every like big interview and now that people are so obsessed with her all the stuff people are posting all the outfits all the awards just I'm like I was there not literally but (laughs) I remember it all Britney represents my childhood and early teens and I feel like Gaga represents my teens and my 20s now she's been around it seems like not that long but it's been 11 12 years since Gaga came out every time I hear one of their songs or albums it takes me literally right back to that period of my life I could go through every album and explain to you everything that was going on in my life my favorite outfit at the time like everything you know because it just like I feel like I process my own experiences through music and the movies that I listen to and I like process my emotions through it too and I think that's why it evokes memories so quickly and easily is because it's so emotional for me that came out of Howard Stern I don't know how (laughs) thanks Howard yeah thank you Howard So what do you think? Should we get into Jessica Cook's dinner? I think so. Okay. So the episode opens up with Nick saying he needs to eat something. Right. Jessica says, well, why don't we order some salads? Right. A perfectly reasonable response. And he says, why do we have to eat out every meal? Mm -hmm. The same thing we've already talked about to death because this is a constant issue. Jessica talks about the same stuff that we, again, we've already gotten into this and she's talked about in her book how she would try to be normal and get groceries, but then she would travel and they would go bad. Nick can't get fresh groceries if he's hungry, like himself yeah or i'm sure he had an assistant or somebody who could have done it if he didn't want to leave the house i know you're busy promoting your underperforming album nick but i mean i don't want to put words in his mouth because it's not like he said oh it's your responsibility to go get groceries but you know why do we have to eat out every meal it's like i love cooking but i also really love eating out and getting takeout like especially now in this era where i'm not going to restaurants i love getting takeout i really do and i feel bad about it all the time because it's expensive yeah and i always tell myself oh i'm I'm helping you know i'm supporting my local restaurants and stuff but if i was making jessica's money and it was easier and faster and probably tastier because at the time she wasn't that good of a cook like of course she said let's get salad she wasn't like let's go to mcdonald's again yeah i get it he's budget conscious i mean i don't know what he was doing besides solo but like she's working so hard you know and even later in the episode that interviewer he says oh you know you you're doing a book you're doing an album um he even says she was doing a movie which I don't know what happened with that but whatever like she had a lot of things she was working on and I just I don't know why you have to guilt someone for something like that yeah then he says he's just gonna have cereal for lunch and Jessica starts looking in a recipe book to find something to make Nick for dinner yes and I actually thought this was interesting because you when she's doing this you can see behind her I thought it was sweet but also strange that she has really nice framed photos all around her sink. That's kind of lovely that she likes to look at pictures while she's doing the dishes or whatever. But I always find it interesting in reality shows when I see stuff like this because I'm like, I feel like those would get wet. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They would get dirty or whatever, but it was really cute. Like, I think she had a picture of her, Ashley, and Tina. I couldn't really see it, but I thought that was sweet. Oh, and there's an, I think there's another editing trick here because Jessica says she'll have dinner cooked when he gets home mm-hmm. and he is not facing the camera. He's walking away. You hear him go like, ha ha or whatever. Yeah. It's the exact same sound from the previous episode when he had succeeded with the B situation. Got it. I mean, maybe he just sounds the same, but it's to me it sounded exactly the same. So go listen to the end of the the last episode and the beginning of this one and see if you agree with me because as much as I am not a Nick fan, I do feel like they inserted that. Yeah. Because he's really not mad or anything later on in the episode Mm -hmm. when she didn't manage her time correctly. And she got a Manny and Petty and they also want to go to the movies with Drew and Leah. There's a limited amount of time and she doesn't have time to cook dinner and go to the movies. He wasn't mad at all. No, he's just like, okay, so then we're going to have to eat something really quick. Look, we have to leave in half an hour and then we'll see the movie. Make dinner tomorrow. Like he wasn't bitching at her about it. No, he seemed really fair and level-headed about that. So it really wasn't an issue and I I actually think it was really Jessica handled that really well because I've also been in situations with people where like a 30 second thought process of okay I have to make sure I manage my time because this is going to take this long and this is going to take this long could have avoided a problem some people when they do stuff like that they get very defensive when I don't even say anything and I'm like whoa it's fine don't worry about it and Jessica just was very upfront. she was just like I didn't manage my time correctly I'm sorry yeah she was disappointed in herself but she wasn't causing a scene and making it a bigger deal than what it was because Jessica even said like if she did try and they skipped the movie and she made dinner it wouldn't be done until 11 o'clock Yeah, that makes sense. Like, why not just save it for tomorrow? Oh, you know what I also thought was funny? How normal and not expensive the nail salon looked. Yeah. It was just a regular nail salon with neon signs in a strip mall. See, that to me shows that she is budget conscious. She could be going to, like, the Beverly Wilshire salon or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, she had a manicurist come to the house. Oh, yeah. That kind of gave me some insight because I was like, he treats her like she's literally going to Chanel every day, you know? Yeah. And I mean, also, I'm not sure exactly where the salon was located, but her saying it took a lot longer than expected. If she just did a walk-in and she didn't have an appointment, that also could be why it took so long yeah that makes sense but yeah jessica offers to make a pasta salad and nick said they need to leave in 30 minutes and she's like i suck i'm a bad wife i promise to make you a very good dinner tomorrow um she's not a bad wife. no she she's not at all but then like she just openly admits like hey didn't manage my time like it took longer than expected like it happens Mm -hmm. and the thing is i'm sure now she knows there are so many things that you could whip up really fast and be out of the door in 30 minutes you know like you don't have to make an entire huge meal which we'll talk about the meal that she makes i was kind of impressed yeah (laughs) um (laughs) oh i felt bad that she compared herself to leah the dinner won't be ready till 11 i didn't plan properly well, if it's not we ready to 11, then don't make it tonight. Make it <laughs> some other night. Man, I don't want to eat 11 o'clock, do you? No. Especially pasta. So make it tomorrow. Hey, what's up? Yeah, it's at 9.45 there. Is that another time for you guys to eat or whatever? Oh, you already ate? That was quick. I see that. Lee had dinner on the table, and I had dinner in grocery sacks. I'm sorry. It's okay. Because yeah. she was like, oh, Leah had dinner on the table and I have dinner in grocery sacks. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see, like, all the groceries she got because that's one of the reasons why I love the show. Like, like I said with the pictures on the sink, like, just mundane how people live their everyday lives to me is so interesting. But she also had Williams and Sonoma bags, which yeah. is, like, one of my favorite places that I almost never buy anything at because it's <laughs> so expensive. But, like, she got that really cute sunflower pan. Yeah. Like, I want that. <laughs> 
And also, they were looking up the movie time in the newspaper. Yeah. Movie phone wasn't a thing, I guess. Oh my god. I remember my mom doing that back in the day. Like, <laughs> checking the newspaper before the internet. I mean... The internet was around, but I don't know. It wasn't the same. Yeah. I wonder, do they even still publish movie types in the newspaper? Probably not. I doubt it. Yeah. And then Nick calls Joe, and he lets him know that he's taking Jessica on a surprise hot air balloon yes. ride. <laughs> he talks to the camera and says, Jessica's idea of romance comes from things like Pretty Woman, which is her favorite movie, Taste. I love that <laughs> movie. That movie really holds up. Her dream is to go up in a hot air balloon. So he's arranging that. Then Jessica is cooking. And it's just, I mean, it's an iconic sequence. It's so cute. <laughs> it really is. She's, I love the faces that she makes. Yeah, like Nick comes into the kitchen and she's like, can you get me butter? And she says she needs two sticks. And he's just like, you need two full sticks of butter? <laughs> she's like, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, she says she's making him a well-balanced meal. Maybe you get me two sticks of butter. Two full sticks? Yeah. Each stick is eight tablespoons? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. What's up with that chicken in there? What? Should I put it in the freezer? No, I'm making it. When? Tonight. Oh, I thought we were having chicken in your pasta. Well, look at it now. I'm giving you a well-balanced meal. She was very proud of the fact that she had quite the meal going. It wasn't just a, you know, little dish of pasta. No. I think it's amazing, first of all, that someone who doesn't really know how to cook yet and isn't that much of a homemaker decides to make bread from scratch. Right. That's not easy, especially waiting for it to rise and it could go wrong. And I don't know, like she could have had the wrong amount of yeast or something like that. Like I was impressed. I wanted to see the final product of bread, which we didn't really get to see. But I love that like she could have easily bought a really good, nice loaf of bread or something you know yeah. and she was just like i'm gonna make it we love a self-starter we do so the chicken is like does not look that great it's sticking to the yeah i don't think she put enough oil or butter in the pan so the chicken's sticking it's definitely not a non-stick pan no well the thing is like she kept getting splashed by the oil which i know that the cameramen are not supposed to intervene it's supposed to be like they're not there but like just tell her jessica just turn it down yeah just a little <laughs> bit it was already like seared on each side so you just have to like, simmer it until it cooks through ow i'm burning the crap out of myself because it's like popping all over me i think it's done how are you supposed to know i didn't want her to get burned and then she was like is it done how are you supposed to know yeah. <laughs> as she's like flipping it in the pan and oh my goodness she is like it's stressful cooking so i thought that was cute yeah and i thought she did a really good job and nick seemed happy too yeah he said it tastes good so it definitely wasn't a failed attempt yeah she's not that bad as they make her seem it looks like she made pasta chicken and then i saw green beans on their plate and a separate bowl of salad so that was a really well-balanced meal. Yeah. Like, you had carbs, protein, veggies, <laughs> the bread. I mean, good job, Jessica. Yeah. That's something, like, we always say. It's just, like, people just kind of knock her. But just because she hasn't done it and mastered it doesn't mean she's incapable of doing things. Exactly. And, I mean, at this point, I guess she's had her birthday. I don't know the sequence. She might still be 22, but whatever. She's 22 or 23. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like... I started being a person when I was like 23. Like yeah. before then, I don't know what was happening. I honestly don't know what was going on. 
And I feel like when I was 23, I started to really start to live how I always thought I would or or like what I thought life would be. Or I started to figure out how to really work toward achieving my dreams and live the way I wanted to live and have the kind of personality I really wanted to have and actually to like check in with myself, get more into spirituality, read more about different topics and just be more of a well-rounded person that feels like myself instead of just kind of being like, I don't, I, I don't know. I was like a mess, you know? And that's normal. It's just, it's growing up. But if I had married someone before that, yeah, of course I would have been divorced. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like no, 0% chance of that lasting. I mean, I know Jessica had this whole career and I mean, she had a completely different mindset than I did at the time. I had accomplished nothing and she was a million selling recording artist. So it's different, but at the same time, I feel like you can clearly see, and that's one of the reasons why this is so interesting, is like she's learning in real time how to be like an adult wife, cook. I don't want to say chef, that's a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like clean up after herself more and just do things to be more independent. Yeah, she's so proud of herself and I love seeing that and I love seeing her and Nick kind of having a peaceful moment and um, because she asked him in the earlier scene, don't you think I've become more independent mm-hmm. since we've gotten married? Which is an interesting thing because entering into a partnership and then saying, didn't I become more independent? I know that she means from her parents, but I was actually wondering because the next episode we're doing is Irresistible Review and I was doing research on that whole era and I was wondering did Jessica go straight from living with Joe and Tina did they all get a place in LA or something like that together because I know they did when Jessica was first starting but obviously once she made money and stuff and as a result they made money and everything what would happen there because when you're traveling around so much anyway it makes no sense yeah I didn't know her situation but then I found out that she actually did buy a house in Los Angeles in 2000 2001 and she had a roommate her friend was her live with her and was also one of her dancers on the dream chaser tour so I mean she did live on her own I mean with a roommate but still that's that's still like on your own considering if you lived with your parents before. And I'm sure Joe and Tina were always there. Like, they always are, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I guess it's different when you're a wife than being independent in your house with your roommate, you know? Yeah. It's a different ballgame. Yeah. So then they they showed the full moon. Did you notice that? Yeah. Of course you did. Um, (laughs) I was like, why are they showing that? Like, it, it seemed like a moment. And she looked beautiful. Then they get interviewed for the Daily News and the interviewer asks a very misogynistic question that he never would have asked Nick. Oh, gosh. I know. Yeah. He's like, you have a CD coming out, a book that's out, and a movie. Why do you want to do all of this during your first year of marriage? Because, you know, all she should aspire to be is a wife. Yeah, don't you want to work on your relationship? You're so selfish. Yeah, to stop your entire career for a man. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, she's paying for Nick's mortgage the next 25 years, okay? Yikes. Um, Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I wonder what the movie was because I also, again, when I was doing research for Irresistible, when that came out, she said, I'm doing a movie at the end of this year. So I don't know. So that was 2001. So I don't know if the same movie kept getting like pushed forward and then it didn't happen or whatever because her first movie was definitely Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. So she handles the question really well. Like she just basically says that, you know, she wants to have kids before Nick's 40. Now Jess, you have a CD coming out, a book that's out, a movie. Why do you want to do all this during your first year of marriage? Because I'm young and I want to have kids before Nick's 40. <laughs> I want to be able to devote my entire life to my kids and... Right now I'm too selfish. <laughs> I mean, we need to have a dog first. 
so she wants to get a lot of work in now because once she has children she wants to devote her whole life to being a mom yeah Yeah. so she she said she wanted to take the time now to be selfish which is a very smart thing and actually that's exactly what she did (laughs) yeah the reporter blows the surprise. Oh my goodness. They had showed him on the phone with another person telling someone else about the surprise. So I think that might have been his publicist or right. like whoever set up the interview. So maybe the publicist said something to the interviewer like, oh, don't keep them too long. They're they're yeah. headed to San Diego or something like that. And he just, she probably failed to tell him it's a surprise. Right. So he just casually mentions it and... Nick is like smiling, but you can tell it's one of those smiles that's like, I'm smiling so I don't say something rude. <laughs> right. And Jessica's like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> she is so lost during this whole <laughs> sequence. <laughs> and it's really cute. Especially like, when they go outside, he's hosing off the driveway. And she makes a very excellent point, which is, why don't you just wait till it rains? I really don't understand when people hose off the driveway. It's, I mean, if you're power washing it, that's one thing, but just to hose it down, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. She just looks, like, she's wearing no makeup at all, so she looks really young, almost, like, childlike. Yeah. And she's like, what's going on? And I think it's probably because Nick didn't really do things like this for her. I think all of this might have been orchestrated by the producers. She didn't say this specifically was. The next episode, the first episode of season two, she said that she knew that Nick didn't plan all the things for their anniversary. Um, this one, she doesn't say that specifically, but I think... I think it was set up by the producers. I do too. It, it just, there was too much, you know, like he he surprised her with the hot air balloon, the sunset cruise, the rose petals all over the room, the private dinner. It was just like, okay, you know, which yeah. I'm not, look, if any man is listening... And you want to get all that shit together for me and have no cameras. I want that. I'm game. You can also hire, like, charter a jet for me. Some kind of, like, parade coming down the street in my honor. Things like that. Two-hour massage just started all off. Exactly. Something casual. Please. I'm waiting. So, (laughs) yeah, it just wasn't – for someone who's so low-key and, like, money conscious, you're not going to do all of that in, like, two days. No. You know? So I I felt like it was, okay, we really want a big finish for this show. Yeah. She's like, wait, what? What's happening? Yeah. What time are we leaving? You don't want to go? We don't have to go? I don't know what we're doing. We're going to drive into Mexico. What? We're going to Ensenada. I got a kink. Will you unkink me? Huh? Unkink the hose, will you? How do I do that? You're not being very informative. And then she's trying to find her passport because I guess after the surprise was ruined, because he says San Diego, which is where they were going. Right. I guess that Nick then told her, oh, it's not San Diego. We're going to Mexico. I don't know why he said. Yeah, because they don't show that, but she thinks they're going to Mexico. So she needs to get her passport, which she cannot find. Yeah. So Nick is fuming because he knows in his mind that she doesn't even need that passport. Right. She's obviously really frustrated too. And it's funny because again, showing all of this stuff that happens in mundane everyday life like you lose something that you really need and you're checking every drawer and you're you know and your husband's yelling at you or I mean he wasn't yelling but he was clearly mad and then he finally just tells her no we don't need it get in the car (laughs) and this I thought was interesting because technically Nick's when he decorated he put his office downstairs so Jessica could have that big walk-in closet in the other bedroom but I thought that was interesting because this is the first time the cameramen were upstairs in an episode that we've seen oh yeah yeah it's it's rare that they let them do that yeah but again i think that's because that was technically jessica's closet not the bedroom right i can imagine them not wanting to interrupt but being like um excuse me is it okay if we yeah (laughs) follow you so 
Yeah, and Nick is really rude. I understand that he's frustrated, but I don't like when he's like, I can't even trick you because, you know, blah, blah, blah. You you lost your thing or whatever. And again, she's lost. Right, because like <laughs> they get in the car and she has, I'm assuming it's MapQuest. Right. Hello, 2003. Yes. Um, the MapQuest directions to Tijuana or wherever <laughs> in Mexico that they were going and Nick crumples that up. He's like, we don't need it. And she's like, but what? Like, it's still not <laughs> registering for her that they're not going to Mexico. Yeah, well, he just didn't really. I feel like every step of the way, the surprise kept getting ruined. And so he kept trying to salvage any form of the surprise possible. So yeah. he was trying to leave her in the dark. But at a certain point, I mean, she was still surprised. Like, even though the interviewer ruined the surprise, she was surprised in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? She wasn't surprised in maybe the grand way that he wanted. I think he probably was just going to drive her there and not be like, oh, I'm not telling you where we're going or something like that. But he still could have done that. He could have been like, just kind of bluffed. Like, oh, yeah, we have to go to San Diego because I'm picking a random manly (laughs) object that Nick would desire. That's Um, so funny. I literally surprised my friend one time. And to cover it, I said like, oh, um, my other friend just has to pick up something. So we're just going to make a stop first. (laughs) I feel like that's the classic. Like, I just got to pick up something. Like really quick. Yeah. And so we could have done that and still kept her surprised. But yeah he got upset and he didn't have to be he could have just said like jessica stop looking the surprise got ruined so i wanted to make up another surprise for you i was trying to be romantic but if you can't find your passport let's just go and i would just say like we actually are we're staying in the u.s yeah that's it that's all you had to say we're staying in the u.s i just wanted it to be even more of a surprise that's it yeah so then they drive They get to the hotel that they're staying at. They welcome them like open arms and they have the champagne ready. And this is what set it off to me that I really think the producer set it off is because Jessica's like, oh, well, it's not like you to spend $500 on a bottle of champagne. Absolutely. The same thing went through my mind. Yeah. He wouldn't, he would not buy Crystal. He might get champagne, not Crystal. No. What also made me think that it was set up by the producers is that remember when they went to the Bahamas and I was like, oh, the room didn't look that spectacular for like four I mean, I guess not for celebrities, but whatever. And this was a huge, sweet, private patio, all that kind of stuff. So that was MTV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think they planned that Bahamas trip themselves. That was a real trip. This one was definitely a newlywed strip. And honestly, like, I think Jessica says that because she also knows. Like, I think yeah. she's saying, like, oh, it's not like you to buy Crystal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hmm, I think someone else was involved here. Yeah, I think that was definitely her nudging that, but also, like, for the sake of the viewers, kind of being like, oh, how romantic, you did something you wouldn't mm-hmm. normally do for me, but, like, yeah. reality is, we know we know what you're up to, Nick. Yeah, because she mentioned in Open Book how she wanted people to believe in the dream and the yeah, fantasy. The fairy tale. Yeah, So Nick is setting up the romantic dinner. He's talking to the staff member of the hotel. Right. And he is, again, going to tell Jessica, oh, we're going out to dinner but then he's going to surprise her with the dinner on the patio. I thought this was really cute, though, because he was like, get me a menu. I'll pick a couple things for you guys to bring to us. And it, that's what annoys me. Is I was like, I know it's the producers, but like, I don't know if they fed it to him of like, or how much they told him, or instructed him, I guess I should say. But like, let's say if they just kind of were like, oh, we're paying for like these activities. But like, maybe if this was his idea... Like, that's kind of cute. Like, oh, I know what your favorite things are. I'm going to get these here. And like, oh, uh, we could share this and what have you. Yeah. I I thought it was a good idea for sure. And future husband, if you're listening, I also would like a private balcony dinner. In San Diego. (laughs) Yeah. Get those plane tickets. (laughs) 
So then they go to the racetrack and Jessica again doesn't know where they're going and I'm like why is this a surprise too? Why is he surprising her with the racetrack? Which this is not really Nick surprising Jessica. This is Nick like oh well she's getting the cruise. She's getting the hot air balloon. I need something for me. Yeah. Because she was she even said she's like I'm not dressed to like ride a horse. Like what, what's going on? Yeah she definitely like saw someone walking a horse over to the I don't even know what it's called and she was like I can't go horseback riding. <laughs> Just tell her you're going to the red like it's not like you're surprising her with a diamond geez no so nick gets a phone call at the racetrack that the weather is not okay for the hot air balloon ride right and so another surprise is ruined (laughs) it was kind of like the universe fighting back from this lie of mtv creating all this stuff it's not working (laughs) Um, give it up exactly so he tells her again she was really surprised even though it didn't work out it eventually did and she was like that's my dream and yeah she did seem really happy and like I said in in a previous episode even though this stuff was all set up she still got to do the stuff so I'm happy that she got to you know enjoy these moments while they were lasting I guess because I feel like even if they didn't do like the hot air balloon or the racetrack or whatever if they just went away for a weekend just them if they went out and did things whatever but like even if they stayed in the hotel room most of the time I feel like she would have just been happy to like spend time with him and him be affectionate with her yeah especially if you're not seeing each other that much yeah I mean I'm being dramatic about you know I need this and I need that and I need to be surprised and stuff but a weekend away that's just you and your partner especially if you're really busy and you're not working or you're long distance and you're not seeing each other like to me that's absolute heaven bliss that's it that's all you need because if you're with the right person I mean I could literally be stuck anywhere with the right person and completely fine I don't need all of these surprises yeah I would appreciate a patio dinner though just (laughs) just saying it seems really like I just think that's cute and intimate you know yeah so they go on a sunset cruise yes which I thought was really cute because it kind of looked like their engagement video. Right. It was kind of a good full circle moment. Yeah, and they're singing You Are My Sunshine to each other. And I just wanted to cry. Like, it was so cute. That was probably one of the sweetest moments on this entire series. Yeah. It was so pure. Especially because they're both singers and they weren't singing. They were just, right. you know what I mean? It's they were like trying Nick to be... in a chair and he got out of the guitar and he's like, so Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> I've had something on my mind. Yeah. yeah. You it was my favorite moments are the, when they work together but i would say that is up there yeah when we finish i think at the end this will probably be one of my top 10 moments of the whole show because it's just really sweet yeah She's wearing heels, too, and the captain is like, uh, you should just take your shoes off. Yeah, it's like, you weren't, you're not wearing the right shoes for this. And she's like, well, I didn't know. So yeah, she's like, next time you want to surprise me, tell me what shoes to wear. <laughs> Which is actually funny, because anytime someone's attempted to surprise me with something, I'm always like, well, what should I wear? <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm like, I don't know, I'm like, is it dressy? Is it casual? Are we going to be doing a lot of walking, <laughs> you know? You want to be prepared. It makes sense. Exactly. Then they, they're headed back to the hotel, and... Nick picks Jessica up like and carries her and it's they run down the street and it's really playful and fun they seem like little kids and it's just nice 
that they're having so much fun, especially after him being so rude with the whole passport thing. Yeah. They're at the hotel room door and Jessica seems so happy. It really made me happy because she's like, you're so cute. And like she kisses him (laughs) and it's really sweet. And then he opens the door and of course there's the candles lit and the rose petals. And I feel like, you know, obviously that was on TV. They probably sent Carson Daly to like sneak in. (laughs) They're like, TRL's off. Go. Get to work. They're like, it's the weekend. What are you even doing? You know? (laughs) So then they have their dinner on the patio and he makes a toast. It's you and I, and everlasting <laughs> happiness and love. Don't be cheesy. I'm not being serious. cheesy. I love you. I love you. I do this for you because I love you. I know. I love you too. I thought he was really sincere. He was like, I'm not being cheesy. Like, I love you. Yeah. And it, it was really nice because I actually think that you can speak in those platitudes when you really mean it. Like, in the last episode when I read that post that Jessica made about Eric and she was like, our souls have been together and we'll be together forevermore and all that stuff. Coming from the wrong person, that is a big pile of bullshit. But coming from her... You know how much she means that and how real that is to her. And so I thought this was a nice moment for them because I feel like Nick is someone who would say that kind of stuff and not really mean it. But I wasn't mad. No, it was so genuine. Yeah, for someone who's always mad at Nick, I wasn't mad. (laughs) (laughs) Because that and it was just nice that I think that's what it was like. They kind of had just time away. They weren't really rushing or like trying to figure out like what's next. If it's an event or what have you. And they just kind of got to do things together and have fun. And I think that's something we don't get to see with them a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. They're not, like, getting ready for the American Music Awards, you know? They're just existing as a couple. Yeah. Then they're, um... Oh, this is really cute. They decide to switch plates for a little bit, which is a very couple-y thing. If I'm eating at a restaurant with a partner, it's definitely not just going to be separate meals. (laughs) (laughs) Then she tries it, and she literally acts like a four-year-old. And she's, like, opening her mouth really wide because it's gross. And she's like, I want to switch back. (laughs) I I wonder what that was. I don't know. But see, that's one thing. If we ever did get to interview her, I'd love to know what it was. But I highly doubt she remembers because, like, I don't remember what I did three days ago. So I don't expect her to remember the exact meal that made her, like, grossed out. That's funny you say that because I was thinking about – because obviously Jessica's seen our story. Joe's seen us. Tina's seen us. Casey, Ken, her inner circle knows about us. So – and her. Yeah. (laughs) So – I was like, if she did listen, I wonder if she would be like, I mean, she'd probably be happy and flattered and nice because she's so cute and appreciative of fans. But like, I feel like she also, not to put words in her mouth, but she might be like, gosh, you know, you're getting into so much detail about something that happened so long ago. And like, I don't even remember (laughs) this and stuff, but we're those English teachers. We're trying (laughs) to find the deepest meaning in like the shade of a curtain color. Exactly. And it's not that serious, probably. Yeah, no, (laughs) it's not. But this is for entertainment purposes. It really is. And the impact that this pop culture moment had on all of our lives that we even care enough to talk about this all these years later it's so hard to do anything in this business I feel like having something that's everlasting like that that people still care about is actually a really good thing yeah so then Nick says that he says you're more than I could ask for in a wife oh which was really nice especially since in the beginning of the episode Jessica starts talking about or she says it while she's cooking and she says Nick wanted more of a woman before he proposed to me so cooking is one of the things I took on to be more of a woman yeah which like <laughs> not not the greatest thing that like she felt like she needed to do that right but it's it's just the gender roles yeah and you have to remember she also grew up in Texas so 
she grew up with Tina, I think Mary Jo, and I think she was like 18 and he was 20 or something yeah. like that and had two children very young and all that kind of stuff. And that's normal. I'm sure all of her friends from junior high had like three kids by the time they were 25. Like that's how it is in the South. Not everyone does it, but it's definitely more common than up here. Whereas when I was like 19 and someone got pregnant, I was like, oh damn, that sucks. You know, no, that's me now. Because <laughs> like one of my friends, uh, she's now pregnant with her second baby. But when she told me she was pregnant with her first one, I was like, what? <laughs> like and my thought process was like, what are you gonna do? And I'm like, oh wait, we're in our mid 20s. Like this is perfectly fine. You are stable financially where you can support and take care of a baby like you're mentally there so and then it like it, uh, that will like ran through my head within a span of like 10 seconds and I was, I was like and then I was like okay wait stop no like excited mm-hmm. <laughs> so then Jessica says she's like no I should be more of a wife I love you I love you too more than I could ever ask for in a wife I, I should be more as a wife I should clean the house and I should <sighs> pick up after myself and the whole thing but I have a husband who does that (laughs) it's cool that she's checking in with herself and that she's saying even though he didn't even bring it up like he's always bringing this shit up and he didn't at this time and she is acknowledging it which I think is it's a good thing to do as a partner to be like I know this bothers you and you're not bothering me about it right now but I know it's it's an issue and the thing is she only should be those things if it's truly a good thing for her and then as an extension a good part of her marriage because like people talk about now and never talked about back then you can't fill someone else's glass if your glass is not full first you know and it's like do you really want to be those things and do those things are you only doing it because of Nick I mean I understand when you're in a marriage yeah you're gonna have to sacrifice and do some things you don't want to do and you know you're gonna have to compromise and that's completely normal I think that's something that I I definitely like think about with marriage is how much do I compromise? Where's the line? You know, because you have, of course, like I want to be selfless for the person I love more than anyone, but at the same time, I'm still me. Right. You know, I do see now more people my age that are in serious relationships and they're like, I do not cook and he doesn't care, you know, and whatever. And it's not a requirement anymore. Yeah. Nick is kind of, I feel like the last generation that's going to tell his wife, why can't you just cook or whatever, yeah. you know? So then there's this really funny moment. It seems so much calmer than LA or something, you know what I mean? Like it's... Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never mind. They talk about how it's so much nicer there than LA because it's so much calmer and then a siren starts going yeah. off. <laughs> like that you can't write. I thought that was really a funny thing that they captured. And then what's much less funny is Nick talking about how they're going to go see a donkey show. Right. Oh my gosh. Once again, Jessica is confused, which I mean... I'm sure Tina and Joe were really happy that she didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. I think she did think maybe that he was pulling her leg because she was like, how do you have sex with a donkey? And I'm like, Nick, please don't explain it to her. Yeah. Let her her live. Preserve her innocence. Yes. Then they do the hot air balloon, which they act like is the next morning, but they're wearing the exact... Well, Jessica's wearing, like, she looks exactly the same. Like, her hair, her sweatshirt, her shoes, her jeans. Nick is wearing a different shirt. Right. I went back and looked. He's wearing the same shorts, though. So, I wonder what the point of that was. Did they fake the phone call to create drama? Maybe. I mean, it wasn't that, you know, it's not like she started screaming and crying. Yeah. You know, it's not her. No, it was fine. I just thought that was weird that they tried to make it look like the next day when it really wasn't. Yeah. But, yeah, we got this hot air balloon I mean I kind of feel like they could have shown more of that but they probably couldn't really 
it was probably loud up there and yeah. stuff. And, and also, like, how much does it suck that a cameraman had to be on their hot air balloon? Right. Like, how many people can they really fit into one thing? Right, and that goes to show that it was fake because if you wanted like a real experience with your husband, that's just too close for comfort. There's just not... Yeah, they get footage of them taking off on landing. Or if they wanted to put up some money, why don't you fly up there in a helicopter like the news people do? <laughs> <laughs> now they would just send a drone up there. It would be very easy, but wasn't the case in 2003. So there's a joke at the end of this episode when they're home and they're once again trying to figure out what to eat and Nick pulls the chicken of the sea out of the <laughs> oh my fridge gosh. and he's like, oh, we have chicken. <laughs> she says like, oh, shut up or something. And I think this was before that aired and became such a sensation. Yeah. So I think it's funny that he was already like noting how hilarious <laughs> that was. Especially since that's how the season starts and ends. Right, exactly. It's very nice bookends. <laughs> Full circle moment. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's get into the fashion segment. It's all about fashion. It's all about beauty. This is fun for me. So this wasn't a very fashion-y episode. No, there's a lot of outfit changes, but nothing... It was very low-key hanging out. Yeah. White t-shirt. But I thought that hoodie was interesting because it was a Knicks hoodie, like the New York Knicks, but the K was missing. Yeah. And I guess because she's Knicks. Yeah. Like and her husband. Right. At first I thought they covered it because maybe it was a logo and they couldn't show it, but they didn't cover it. They show a close-up of, of it and it's not there like the embroidery yeah. is is not there so i'm like did somebody custom make that for her which i guess it's like a cute idea it's yeah. kind of silly but i wonder uh what happened to that <laughs> <laughs> i really think she looks cute when she's cooking and she has the overalls on and the black tank top right she puts on her baby blue apron mm -hmm. yeah she wears that butterfly necklace too throughout like most of the episode yeah. It's like a really big, shiny butterfly. It's very 2003, the icing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite was what she wore to the racetrack. The... See, this is what threw me off because when they're... she first sees the horses, she's in like that... Wasn't it a striped shirt? Right. But then, or maybe she just put the sweatshirt over it. I, to me, it looked like a strapless dress. When they're leaving for the trip, she has such a 2000s outfit. <laughs> The cargo pants with heels. Right. Which she did that a lot. Like if I could think of anyone who did that, I would immediately think of her. And the pink tube top that's similar to that green one that she wore on her birthday. Right. I think it's the same. It's just a different color. And of course her Louie. <laughs> so I asked you guys on the Instagram, are you a pink tube top, cargo pants, and Louie girl or an overalls and tank top ponytail kind of girl? 54% said overalls. 46% said pink and yeah i definitely her overalls outfit is more classic i think yeah you know like it still works today i mean i think the other outfit not that it doesn't work today it still would look especially right now 2000s fashion is is coming back but it's still like a good outfit but i think that the overalls one is just timeless and it's just more comfy it's a good cooking outfit i guess kind of even though she was getting splashed with oil yeah <laughs> i also thought her ponytail was really cute too her little like diamond earrings and her sunglasses and everything she just looked really good yeah i also asked you guys if you could only choose one what would you rather have as a surprise from your significant other 30 percent said hot air balloon ride and 70 percent said sunset cruise Ooh. what do you think jolie what would you prefer hi chris um <laughs> <laughs> Chris is Jolie's boyfriend if anyone's lost. Yeah. Not talking to Chris Kirkpatrick. No. Which, I mean, hey. I, st I do that every Wednesday, but not today. Right. Um, I don't know. Oh my god, Chris voted. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> he said Sunset Cruise. 
I'm gonna have to say the cruise only because like I'm scared of heights. So like realistically, like I know that the physics of the hot air keeping the balloon up, fine, no big deal. But in my head, I'm just like, yeah, but if it's malfunctions, then what? It is scary now that I think about it. I think I would be scared. <laughs> I'm not really scared of heights, but like I feel like people that are scared of heights are just common sense people. Like, yeah, if you're shaking and you have hives or something, then yeah, you have like a phobia, but it's sensible to be afraid of being that high in the air. Yeah. Like, I, you know like, I don't I mean? do roller coasters. It freaks me out too much. I do those, but I mean, I'm not really like, I guess I'm I'm not really scared of stuff. I, I don't think I would bungee jump or anything like that, though. That's, yeah, way out of my comfort it zone. It doesn't really interest me. I'm like... <laughs> You know, like, I can just sit on the couch and watch a movie. I don't need to bungee jump. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay. <laughs> For, like, a romantic thing, I probably would pick a sunset cruise. But I also like the more adventurous stuff. Basically, I'm an Aries, so I always joke, like, when people say, what's your love language? I'm like, all of them. <laughs> like, what is it like to have one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's cute. So, yeah, I would want both, but at different times, you know? Right. <laughs> so, I think, was that it for fashion? Yeah. Yeah, there really wasn't a lot going on in this one. So let's rate the episode. So this episode is okay. I think the iconic thing is just her cooking. I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially since it wasn't like, oh, buttered pasta. Like she made a, a meal. Um, Was that some Trisha Paytas shade coming no, from you? <laughs> I don't watch Trisha. Okay, but... she, she literally, her favorite meal is just buttered pasta. And she did a TikTok like today or yesterday teaching people how to make Oh my goodness. I didn't even know that. Um, she is queen of the trolls. I mean, I'm sorry. I know that she's been really offensive to people, but when she just does harmless trolling like that, it's so funny to me. Okay, yeah. Now I'm going to watch that later. <laughs> but no, I just mean like, because I would have expected Jessica to make something very basic. Like for her, the way Nick talks about it and the way she talks about it, or she really doesn't cook, mm-hmm. I would think she'd be just like I said, like boiling some pasta and throwing butter or like canned sauce on it. But she went all out. Mm-hmm. She really, she put in that effort. Yeah. Especially for someone who's so busy all the time and in on a plane, she probably has jet lag a lot. She just wants to hang out. Like I completely understand why she would just want to get takeout or whatever. And I thought it was really nice that she made the effort. Yeah. So, but I don't like all the fakeness. Yeah. It's just, I like Nick is just... That's all I was going to say. He's just a <laughs> sigh. So I don't know. I think I would give this one 2.5 out of 5 disgusting dishes that Jessica <laughs> just stands there open mouthed because they're so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would give this a 3 out of 5 $500 champagne bottles only for the fact I like initially I was like 2 but then singing You Are My Sunshine that deserves one star all on its own yeah that is true (laughs) it's such a good moment so now we are going to read some youtube comments from the episode crystal waddell says raise your hand if you've ever been in an emotionally draining relationship with a mean jerk lol (laughs) and then hand raising emoji shell shell says man all nick had to say is i have your passport already packed up she would have believed that yeah i mean at that point she was just lost i mean she would have believed anything (laughs) Terry H says he married her knowing that she can't cook and then gets mad she doesn't cook. And they say men are logical thinkers. Yeah. Poor Jessica. What I hear her say most is, I'm sorry, sorry, and sorry again. Oh my God, this relationship is a disaster. Cass says, crazy how the show was so entertaining to me and my friends when we were young, but now as an adult, it is very hard to watch. We were all romanticizing something fairly toxic. We really were. 
Lange D said, I think that Nick was having career issues at the time of their marriage. I think that was the source of his negativity toward her. When you are unhappy with something in your life, it's amazing how you can unconsciously take it out on your partner. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Sarah Grant says, I still think Jessica is one of the cutest personalities, physically cutest people ever. She's gorgeous without makeup. Oh, yeah. In this episode, for real, like even the the natural light outside when he's hosing off the driveway. Mm-hmm. Like, she looks crazy beautiful. Yeah. Allie Cat says, this is the saddest marriage ever. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but it's not great. Amanda says, back when you got your recipe ideas from books, not Pinterest, and before you checked movie times and these people are not online, man, time flies. 9MLER says, you can tell he made her feel bad. Neither of them were mature enough to be married. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that in my own relationships that I really do appreciate when if I make a mistake or I do something stupid, you can either just be like, don't worry about it. It's no big deal, whatever. Or you can be like, come on, God, mm-hmm. you know, like he was with the passport. It's like just extend a little bit of kindness. I mean, that's the person you're supposed to put before all others and blah, blah, blah. It's really like I get that marriage isn't easy, but he's unnecessary. Yeah. Nicole the ghoul says, Everybody hating, and I'm here thinking that you are my sunshine duet on the boat was adorable. And that that comment is already thumbsed up, which means that years ago, whenever I watched this, I thumbed that up. <laughs> Clearly, I'm doing the right thing with my life doing this podcast. Christina1922 says, Before I got married, my husband and I had a conversation about marriage. I told him I was, I was scared to be a wife because I didn't know much. I remember him being a sweetheart and telling me that it's okay. He will help and teach me. And guess what? He would cook with me and do things with me. Now I can pretty much do anything on my own as a wife, and I'm happy that my husband is so loving and understanding towards me. As I watch the show, it's disappointing to see that he's not much of a help. Marriage is about being a team and making compromises for each other. Aww. That was such a nice little sharing moment. (laughs) Yeah. She's right. (laughs) She Monster says, I don't know why everyone is saying he isn't doing anything to help. He wanted the driveway, you guys. Because that's about 80% (laughs) of my comments is like, why isn't Nick helping cook? Why isn't Nick doing this? Yeah, I mean, all of these comments on mine are just so negative toward Nick. There's not one on his side. M. Baloo said, when they were singing and then a frown. (laughs) You know, it's not something to be sad about. I kind of feel like they had their moment. They were together. They taught each other things that they needed for the rest of their lives. They gave us this great show. Like, it's okay. It doesn't make me sad, really, that they... It probably made me sad for, like, five minutes in 2005, and then I moved on yeah but it's just like especially now where it's like you see the bigger picture you see where all of this led them and mm-hmm. it's a way better than where they were yeah okay so i think that's gonna do it for our end of newlyweds season one Yay! <laughs> we did it what do you what's your overall do you have any kind of i mean we've shared so many thoughts I don't even know why I'm asking this, but do you have an overall (laughs) season one comment you would like to make? I feel like for season one, because like they're, I'm assuming we only saw like maybe like two, three months. So I kind of wish, I mean, they didn't know because it was their first season, but we got more of like, and I hate to say it, but like a Kardashian-esque where like they're filming for six months and then they get the best chunks of those rather than, it looked like maybe they were only filming Nick and Jessica for like two to three months and like they were kind of like trying to make events happen so it would be interesting instead of just seeing what unravels. I think they filmed from May Mm -hmm. until I would say July of 2003. Right. That's three months, yeah. Yeah. And I remember them saying they film us 
all day long and you get a 20 minute episode out of that so it's hours upon hours upon hours upon hours and they have to cut it down to that and by the way how much would you pay for the full 2035 hours or whatever it oh is? I, I would mean, love to see that your... yeah I literally not to creep you guys out but I would totally just put that on you know while I'm working on my laptop and because of course it would be them just sitting there for like three hours until Jessica finally says something very silly and you know yeah. tries to cook or something it would be great but um yeah those are in the mtv archives i i just think this is one of the most groundbreaking reality shows of all time it's still a big deal to people of course us but even people that aren't stands actually there's a new episode of 2020 that's about anna nicole smith which is was a phenomenal special by the way if you're at all even vaguely interested in that story watch it it's very sympathetic to her it doesn't paint her like a whore like everybody else did and I kind of love this whole movement with the free Britney and apologizing to her and you know then bringing up other people like Jessica and Anna Nicole Smith and Amanda Bynes and these people that Hollywood kind of chewed up and spit out and treated badly it's a very interesting special but the reason why I'm bringing it up is because Anna Nicole had her own reality show and when they started talking about this period of her career who did they reference as to who was huge at the time in reality tv Osbournes and Nick and Jessica right it's still something that people acknowledge when you think about a reality show one of the first things that you think of is Nick and Jessica yeah and anyone around our age I think that'll always be the thought and they're kind of cemented into pop (laughs) culture forever and honestly like I said at the beginning I think the show would have been big anyway but with Jessica's chicken of the sea comment and then her blossoming (laughs) career yes changed the course of so many (laughs) lives and I mean we're sitting here spending our precious lives discussing this when we could be doing anything else but we want to be here so (laughs) thank you Jessica and Nick for uh, this show because we love it and next week we will be back with a review of the irresistible album and era can't wait (laughs) so much to talk about there oh my goodness strap in buckle up for that one thank you guys so much for listening Thank you so much for listening, and you'll hear from us next week. Yes. Listen to Irresistible. Brush up on it. Let us know your thoughts, and we'll see you then. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, and tell all your friends who are just obsessed with Jessica's underrated album, Do You Know? We want to hear from them. Follow us on Instagram at Ashley and Jessicast, on Twitter at Ashley Jessicast, and send us an email. We want to hear your thoughts on the show, Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com.